feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved Eric Marchin. Let's get wet with two T's on the let's to reflect my main man, Tracy Letts. Oh, love him, love him. Eric, Deep Water is Disney's first erotic film in 28 years since Color of Night. Not counting oh, any Miramax films. The Richard Rush movie where you um, see Bruce, Bruce Willis's uh, genitals. Oh, nice. And it's, it's actually also, referenced in Yellow Jackets, too. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, also, Hasbro's first erotic film after the acquisition of Entertainment One, E1. Interesting. So, I mean, before that, it was the fun. first Transformers movie when, the yeah. tra- when Bumblebee pees on uh, John yeah. Turturro. Yeah. Uh, today we are reviewing Adrian Lin's Deep Water, starring Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas, uh, as Eric mentioned, Tracy Letts, Lil Rel Howery, uh, and more. Jacob, How dare Alordi, you forget Finn Dash, Rock, Dash Mihawk. Mihawk? Yeah, and and more. Rachel Blanchard, Kristen Connolly, uh, and more. Uh, Snails. <laughs> Eric, we did our 69th draft of the un- when we were back doing drafts of the Untitled Movie Podcast. We covered uh, the erotic thriller genre. Yes. Uh, a genre that has kind of, you know, um, gone to bed. Um, we don't really get many erotic thrillers, but we do every once in a while. Actually, you would even say Ben Affleck was in probably one of the better ones recently with Gone Girl. Yes. Um, I mean, this could be called Gone Guy. Yeah. Um. But Adrian Lin, back from the grave, pretty much. Uh, he hasn't only... directed a uh, movie in 20 plus years 20 now. years, exactly. Uh, Unfaithful. Unfaithful, which was kind of, I, I guess, one of the last kind of bigger erotic thrillers. There was a couple others with Jane Campion doing In the Cut. In the, um, in the 2000s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but, but then he, it kind of, they just kind of went away. Yeah. and I, Well, I mean, that's because of the internet um yeah that's true mostly i mean like there was also brian de palma's femme fatale and things like that that have been getting reappraisals and and things but yeah the erotic thriller kind of was ushered in 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 the mid to late 80s and was kind of you know a way of selling soft core nudity to mainstream audiences to tantalize um viewers and sell like okay you know a a famous movie star gets partly naked or there's something that's kind of um titillating taboo or yes yeah yeah yeah. and so adrian line i always said adrian i always said adrian lynn myself and adrian lynn was actually said um during just said it right yeah well during (laughs) well no adrian line was said or lynn was said during the oscars when he was nominated for Fatal Attraction, which was which one I of just the, watched recently. Yes, and which was one of the first kind of big erotic thrillers to be this huge success in 1987. So you had that. He also directed Indecent Proposal in the 90s with Woody Harrelson, Robert Redford, and uh, Demi Moore. That was the movie where it's like, I'll pay you a million dollars to sleep with your wife or be with yep, your wife yep, for one night. Yep. Then he also did Nine and a Half Weeks, which is the film that's kind of best known now is the one scene with uh, Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger at the fridge kind of, you know, feeding each other sexily and it's kind of gross yeah. and weird. When you he also did the Lolita as well, right? Yes, the remake of Lolita or the his ad- adaptation with Jeremy Irons and Dominique Swan. So he is kind of like 
I guess the godfather of the erotic thriller. <laughs> yeah. um, but Adrian Lyne. The Rodfather, you the might Rod- say. <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> if that was on like his like credentials, The Rodfather. But he also directed an amazing psychological thriller that's also a really great horror movie called Jacob's Ladder with yeah. Tim Robbins, which basically inspired a whole. Not gen- erotic? Not erotic, but very creepy. Very. I mean, there's there's a couple moments of of sensuality between uh, Tim Robbins's character and Elizabeth Pena, um, but it's it's a very creepy, weird movie about a Vietnam vet um, who's having trouble adjusting back into his regular life and thinks he's seeing like this alternate world and conspiracy. And there are images in that movie that were so influential but a lot of people didn't realize it until like around more recently that like you look at like a lot of the stuff that dark castle was doing with you know house on haunted hill or 13 ghosts like characters when their heads are like moving they really said fast. silent hill as well the video game yeah series. like when, yeah. when characters faces are like moving like back back and forth yes really i get like, what you're saying yeah even the poster kind of shows that that right? was where that kind of was started so he has done some that would be in my opinion his best film but like he has done stuff that has kind of you know made an impact on you know that and like you mentioned we talked a lot about um you know the erotic thrillers kind of having their moment in the late 80s early 90s with you know Paul Verhoeven and Joe Esterhaus and people like that coming in and even like William Friedkin's Jade um so there's that whole conversation you can go back to but with deep water deep water is interesting because there's the part of it you can look at from the the point of view of this movie the production and also the leads having a relationship off set um and then there's the film itself which is based on a patricia highsmith novel which patricia highsmith also wrote a lot of the uh ripley uh books and also the price of salt which would become carol the todd haynes movie and it's also just interesting to think that uh matt damon has played a character in a (laughs) patricia highsmith story and now uh ben affleck has so you have both goodwill hunting stars and buddies having been in this universe and obviously with uh tom ripley you know he's a more complicated and internalized character who's continually struggling to stay on top while you know having the characters below him um trying to kind of basically um you know expose him for what he is and you know that Mm -hmm. that that power dynamic was always one of the more interesting things about uh tom ripley and always him kind of being the more cunning character in that story where this you also have ben affleck playing a very intellectually minded person who used to be um he uh vic uh Van Allen. Van Allen. And I keep on wanting to call him Nick Van Owen, which is Vince Vaughn's character in Lost World Jurassic Park. But Vic is a retired tech engineer who basically helped create these computer chips for drone warfare. And it's never really brought up again, but um, it's interesting that like that's partly like an added sort of modern tweak from the book, which was released in 57, even though in 57, it was also a contemporary story for its time, but they've updated it to modern yeah. era now. And so essentially what you have is Vic is in a relationship with his wife, Melinda, but it's kind of an open relationship because Melinda is having affairs with other male suitors, whether they be people um, you know, she had affairs with in the past or people that she's worked with and, there's kind of this weird 
almost and and again i don't mean to be you know uh, uh gross or digress in any way that's but it almost reminds you of like a cuck relationship in a weird way where like yeah it is he yeah. he he's kind of turned on by it but it's also a thing of like this is the only way he can keep melinda by keeping her satisfied by allowing her to be with these other lovers but he's getting to a breaking point himself where he's getting sick of it and they have a daughter um trixie who obviously is much more of um a daddy's girl and kind of drives her mom up the Loves wall. Old McDonald. Yeah. Uh, with that song and, <laughs> and uh, likes Leo Saver as a sayer as well uh, with uh, uh, you make me feel like dancing that song. So yeah. um, there's this kind of interesting lurid dynamic of, you know, her pushing him as far away as possible, but him continually taking it. But how much more can he take one night? He decides to, um scare one of her boyfriends at this party by saying that he killed a previous lover of hers who went missing um he plays into being this kind of like dark creepy kind of husband who is dangerous and it reminds you it's like well if you do the time you might as well do the crime and it's almost like him kind of playing into that but then that crime specifically is resolved but then there's still this like added like oh like he's kind of weird and creepy but ultimately harmless and then a couple more events happen throughout this including a a a drowning in a pool where it's like okay did he do this or did he not do this and then he Mm -hmm. becomes sort of the main suspect and it's this weird sort of fraught dynamic between uh vic and melinda as they kind of you know, fight for power and sex. This like psychosexual relationship of you never really know, like, are they just doing this to try and turn one another on? And I don't think the movie does a great job of with that dynamic, because I feel like you are kind of throughout it going like, okay, wait, does, is he into this? Is she into this? They're fighting, but is this just playing part of it because this is what turns them on because they end up having sex a lot after they've, you know, fought about one of these things. And I don't know. The movie is weirdly like maybe it's just something we brought up, I think, on the 69th draft. And we've talked about erotic thrillers of why they went away and why do we, we don't get much of them anymore is I feel like in the time we're living, like a lot of this stuff just feels very vanilla. And yeah. I don't know how you can push it far enough like you could in the late 80s or the early 90s where it did feel taboo or it did feel sexy or sweaty and like all like it's missing that and i feel like because we have so much maybe porn at our fingertips or we just seen everything when it comes to sex and violence in movies that i feel like when you get something like this and especially being a novel that was written in the 50s that at that time I could see this being very like, Oh my God. It was like you. And, but now you're just kind of like, okay, that's what this is. And you're like, okay. And then it's just very one note throughout the whole movie. And obviously, yeah, they have a little bit of chemistry because they were together, I believe at the time of them shooting this. Right. Yeah. Cause Uh, it's shot in new Orleans too. And like, even that, like you think would add this, texture to the film because there's even an erotic thriller with dennis quaid from the 80s called the big easy with him and ellen barkin where it's like that movie is also kind of like i was thinking of that film throughout the entire thing where like it's also using because a lot of these erotic thrillers the thriller aspect usually kind of falls into like a 
police procedural where one of the characters is either framed or set up for something and then they have to kind of resolve that but in order to do that they have to almost like literally fuck their way out of the situation and i mean this movie tries to do a little bit of that but i just felt like none of the none of the mystery was very mysterious and like none of the sex was super sexy none of the like thrilling aspects was very thrilling it just all felt very like oh okay like this is it huh and then you're like and it did feel like a relic and i said that like it does feel like something you know that it feels like you made one of those 80s or early 90s erotic thrillers now which totally makes sense because you got the rod father of of erotic thrillers <laughs> adrian say erotic fillers <laughs> yeah um uh, uh, <laughs> directing the movie but then like then you realize why those movies kind of went away right like it's i still just, think you can do them though i i, I, I think you can and I, gone I just, girl i think shows that that it, they need to be a little bit trashy they need to have an edge to them and they need to be either you know hyper violent or like i said like the sex needs to be super sweaty and trashy or just like i don't know what it is but like i just feel like this movie's missing that and you have a little bit of it but i just feel like the whole thing i'm just going like something's off here and this just did not work yeah i i think there's a curiosity to the fact that you have somebody like adrian line who hasn't directed a movie in 20 years coming back and kind of basically starting where he left off and feeling like he hasn't really you know changed his skill set or evolved with the times and there's i mean that that's not necessarily a bad thing i think like it like that can work but also with the filmmaking itself like just like the cinematography it's so glossy and slick looking that there are times where you do think like you could take a still of ben affleck and be like is this from gone girl or is this from deep water because they just look so similar and then the most interesting stuff or the most peculiar stuff in the film is like Ben Affleck's character's relationship. He has as much chemistry with his snails as he does with oh, yeah. Ana de Armas, which I think is actually more interesting where he's talking about like how snails will like climb, you know, 12 feet up the wall to find their, their mate or that you have to starve them in order to cook them because of the bacteria that they keep in their body. Um, that stuff is more, I think, fascinating and memorable than any of the sort of like dangerous games we play with the people we love or like the, yeah. the the weird kind of like sexual desires or fantasies this movie is trying to demonstrate and and you're watching like the moments of him like coddling these snails and like is this dude like has this is more like, erotic relationship with his snails <laughs> um and then like the other thing i kind of enjoyed which i thought was kind of campy and fun in, in the vein of these movies i i actually really liked his sort of antagonistic relationship with tracy letts as this like very pompous you know writer which i guarantee tracy letts is playing this character like somebody he's probably met at a party saying that like tracy letts director oh yeah like even that final act of this film which is truly (laughs) the only thing that kind of feels original because they also changed the third act of of the book is different the book the last act of the book is is completely different and it basically becomes almost like what if premium rush was an erotic i thought the exact same thing (laughs) and so there's this amazing moment because also you got to think like it is a modern movie and a lot of the films that took place in the 80s and 90s have the suspension of disbelief of not using technology so i was thinking okay are they gonna stupid are they gonna bring one i was thinking are they gonna bring the the drones back in some way because they mentioned it at the beginning that of this. That would have been incredible. But they no. don't. But the way that they use 
cell phones in one moment uh during this this one chase sequence near the end of the film is amazing so stupid, but it's because it's so dumb <laughs> it's so bad because it's like yeah. we have to acknowledge it because you you can't not like you would yeah. think like somebody would do that but it's also kind of plays up like you know the 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 boomer generation or something like that yeah. and like even like looking at tracy Litt's character and his relationship with uh Kristen uh connelly who was in cabin yeah. in the woods like their relationship being like this older guy, this much older guy and this yeah. younger woman as well. And like everybody also wanting to have sex with Ben Affleck, like even that one friend sure. at the beginning um, who's kind of like concerned about him. And then when she talks to him again later at another party and says like, Oh, we saw you dancing with this person. Like, well, what, what the next time you ask me to, you know, do this. Mm-hmm, and you just mm-hmm. like, it's like everybody wants to have sex with everybody, but there's one person that they won't. And like, that's the person that the other person wants to have sex. Yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's um, not a good movie, but it is, it, it is a curiosity. At, at totally. Best. I don't think it's like people were asking. I'm like, I don't think, like if you're if you are interested in it, I don't think you should not watch it. And that's like the biggest compliment I can pay the movie. Like I don't think it's horrible. I just think it's kind of a relic and it doesn't do anything to modernize the genre or does anything to kind of I hate using the word but elevate it at all. Or even like just be just, good within the yeah. framework of what it's doing. Yes, exactly. And like there were certain moments like I, I didn't raise the, right the rod time. for this one. <laughs> God, that was not. Oh my God. Um, oh, a couple things I wanted to mention. So some of um, Melinda's boyfriends in the movie are played by much younger guys. Uh, Jacob Elordi, uh, Finn Whitrick, right? Finn Whitrock or whatever. Yeah, the ultimate um, himbo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's just some really goofy shit in this and there's another guy i forget who it is the blonde dude who looks like basically you put ethan um, hawk and brad pitt in a fly teleporter and put them together um and it's just there's some really unintentionally funny moments with these guys where there's like one moment because she always brings them over to the house to this like cuck scenario like you're saying where she brings them over and like has has her boyfriends have dinner at the house with ben affleck and, and stuff and it always makes for these really awkward situations but there's like some moments where like those guys are all like really bad to the point where it sort of makes it fun but it's not and like there's this one moment where he's like in the other room and ben affleck's coming back and you can see him kind of like looking over and, and seeing what's going on <laughs> and then he goes and then he goes Whoa! and then like sits down in a chair and he makes this noise that is just was so funny because i'm like why did they include this shot like they have a shot of him in the library area and he goes Whoa! and like goes and it just feels like it's from a different movie or and when it's other- intentional even yeah. like like when like he 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 goes into the kitchen to grab the dish and like throw it in the in the sink it's just like sure. what is this from? yeah i know and then the other thing i think it's jacob Elordi's character who's the piano guy right yeah. like uh um it's so badly yeah, really good ed- <laughs> it's like it's so badly edited because you can tell like he did not learn to play the piano no right. one paid for him to learn that like obviously his hands are obstructed and if people are watching the video you can kind of see me um and it's exactly this like you can't see his fingers they're down here but to make it look like he's playing piano he's always going like this and he's like <laughs> he's like moving his upper body to the point where it was like comically bad where i'm like no one would 
no one would play the piano like this. I'm like, you look like a moron. And it's, I mean, maybe people who play the piano, you can correct me, but it's just like, you could so clearly tell that like, and then they do a close up of his hands, which was obviously someone else playing the piano. Yeah. But like, it was so clear. It'd be amazing if the hands it. were completely different. <laughs> they, it seemed like it, but just the way that his body was moving and his head was moving. It's almost like, looked like um, he looked like a Muppet, right? Like, yes. Like how the like, Muppets exactly. play. Exactly. And that was hilarious and awful. Um, the know, thing that uh, did anything in this movie turn you on? No. And like that, not there's really. something that did turn like, me on. Okay. I was turned on by the idea know? of is the grilled cheese better than the lobster? Bisque? Oh, right. You said that. Yeah. Yeah. The grilled cheese did seem good. I'm yeah. not a big lobster bisque guy. I'm not a big seafood like soup person right <laughs> you know what i mean you like, like sushi chowder. but you don't like it turned into something yeah like that i like the idea of chowder because i really like like a creamy dish with like potatoes in it like i like yeah. that aspect but i don't like a clam chowder or a lobster i mean everything you're describing like now is more erotic than this movie yeah creamy man. chowder like wanted, and i think that's an important part in an erotic thriller like even if you're not to your point turned on or anything like not to get too gross but like it's it, you still want that titillating to use lack of a better or just term, to understand like, like why why they're ben so affleck, turned on well, well, yeah. specifically or, ben affleck's character like like half of the movie you're sitting there and watching him and you're you're trying to think like what do you see in her that isn't making you go oh I'm done she, yeah and i want a divorce like yes Anna Darmus is a beautiful woman but i yeah. i didn't understand like what was his fixation on her like i didn't get get it yeah i know and maybe it's just because she's so beautiful and there's a moment where she says like you'd be you'd kill yourself if you were with someone boring or whatever and you should be happy or you have me even though she's like this but like she is obnoxious throughout the whole movie and so is he but like for different ways but oh he's pathetic um, because you're just like dude like get over this and like that's what i mean and save us all a fucking headache from this yes exactly but then you go oh i'm assuming they're gonna go deeper into that it is this psychosexual I mean, it is called thing deep where, water. Like, where he likes being cucked and he yeah. likes like she likes that he cares so much that he threatens these these people even though he's okay with it he still hates it but he and does but it doesn't weird, do that but it's this weird thing where they they love it right like they can't get enough of it like she loves it. and they kind of say these things but they don't really show you that like they at times they go I love that you want to kill for me or whatever like that. And I just never got that from how they were acting. It was no, just like, like the way Affleck they, is acting is like, he's actually like sick of this. Like he does, yeah. doesn't want it anymore. And that he's like, he's killing not because it turns him on or like, it's a part of the deal that they have or like, it's it's just almost like I'm just but sick that's and what tired I mean. if you, of, of her bullshit. Yeah, but if you played more into that, like it was this weird thing where she lures men in, she loves it, it makes him angry. She and that's kind of what the movie's alluding to at times, but like it just never, I think, really works. And they try to kind of showcase that, you know, by the end of it. And I just feel like it ends up falling very flat and being somewhat vanilla. And like it it's unfortunate because I was like, ooh, a new erotic thriller with Anna Darmus and Ben Affleck. I mean, a better Anna Darmus, like not a good movie, but completely trashy is knock, knock. Roth's knock knock. Like that movie is complete garbage, but like in a fun way sometimes, and is that kind of like over the top, like 
you know, the two young girls come in and Keanu Reeves, like everyone should go back and watch knock, knock, not a great movie. It's like but a like, pizza. You get Keanu Reeves, you get, um, Anna de Armas in an erotic thriller. And it's just like, it's kind of fun because it's kind of trashy. Right. Um, and like, again, not a great movie, but I'd prefer that over this because I just feel like at least it owns its trashiness and like kind of knows what it is. Um, I will say I Ben know. Affleck's not bad in the movie acting wise. Like, I think it is a very reserved performance from him. And like, it's not like you look at what he did and obviously like the last duel or even, even like he, I think he, the best version of this is gone girl, obviously, but there is something about like that brooding intensity that's behind the eyes that like something is going on there, but you can't necessarily read what it is, but there's like, you're afraid to know what he's thinking. And I think mm -hmm. he is good at conveying that. I just think sometimes the edits and the direction kind of undermine that a little bit with mm -hmm. like him kind of having to be like the gawking kind of guy in, in the shadows or like to your point when he does like the smooth move kind of like ch sitting in the chair and things like that. Like there is, there are those moments where it's like he does give you like a fact or a piece of information that, it reminded me weirdly of like someone like Jordan Peterson, even like with like the staircase documentary movies sure. or like stuff like that. Like, it's like you're judging this guy almost entirely based on, at least for the first half on just his personality. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're judging him based on that alone. You're not, you're not judging him based on like what his actions are until yeah. you see that. And I think that's another thing. I think if it kept the movie, if the movie was a little bit more ambiguous as to what was going on, in that relationship and whether or not there was foul play involved in sort of making a definitive decision there about halfway through that what is happening is happening instead of like, Oh, did this happen or did it not happen? Cause we're not actually seeing it, but we're seeing it like in the point of view of almost like someone thinking about it. I think that would have worked better too, because you're always constantly thinking, Oh, is this person guilty or is this person not guilty? And are they just getting in over their head? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately um, just doesn't work. Uh, one oh, last thing. The, the, Sorry, the, the, are you afraid of the dark? School? Yeah. Did you, did you notice that too? I or is did, that just but me? I was just thinking more because I think the song, I think they, they, because when I heard the voice, like the choral voice that comes yeah. in with the, the, it sounded like banks and it is sure the, the, uh, the, the, the musician who did, um, you've got me begging, uh, for thread, which was kind of a popular song a couple of years ago okay. in the 88 in Canada, which is a Canadian radio station would play it a lot. So, um, it's something that drew drove me nuts because I was like, this sounds, I know exactly what this sounds like. And it sounds like the, are you afraid of the dark theme? And it's like, and the movie, like, I'm like, it's the, are you afraid waiting for of the somebody dark to theme? light a match? I'm like, I honestly, <laughs> after the movie ended, cause it was in the credits, I was like, I gotta look up the, are you? Cause I think I thought I was going insane yeah. where I'm just like, it sounds exactly like it. I haven't been able to like, they haven't put, Disney or, or Searchlight or E1 or Hasbro or whoever hasn't put this out. I'm going to search again right now for Deep Water, the soundtrack. But I kept finding. Just type in Are You Afraid of the um, Dark soundtrack and Deep Water, like the first and it part kept of the score comes out. Throwing me off because Marco Beltrami, who did. No, it was not Marco Beltrami on this. That was on. Uh, oh, is it? I think. Yes. Let me see. Music by Marco Beltrami. Um, I was searching Marco Beltrami deep water and then it kept bringing me. I did not realize he did another movie called deep water 
the score for in 1999 a tv film so he's got to he's got to keep the symmetry matt he's got to keep the second time marco beltrami has done uh, a deep water score they offered him a score for open water but he said it's not deep enough damn it (laughs) uh well the rod father fails this one uh i'm gonna give it a two and a half out of uh out of five I'm going to give it a two out of five. And those two are for the snails. Okay. (laughs) Thanks uh, everyone for uh, watching or listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, If you like sex and you like violence, uh, we have a review up for X right now, which you guys can also go check out both on untitled movie reviews on podcast services, or just search for it on the YouTube. Uh, We have a lot of other reviews you guys should check out as well. Um, as well as our 117th episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, where we talk about the Critics' Choice Awards and the Critics' Choice Super Awards. We talk about Turning Red. We talk about Grimace. Um, a Grimace erotic thriller would be fantastic. Oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, untitled underscore movies on Letterboxd. Uh, go check us out there. Everything you want. One-stop shop is probably over there, so that's probably your best bet. Uh, Go check out the 69th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast where we talk about erotic thrillers. Uh, We've wanted to go through Polly V's filmography, but we did watch some for that episode. I watched uh, Basic Instinct, and I think I watched Adrian Lyne's uh, Fatal Attraction for the first time. Um, So go check that out. We talk about that the history of that genre, and I hope they two Michael Douglas erotic thrillers too. Yes, he was the he was almost a Rod Father himself. (laughs) Um, So I really do hope you know this doesn't kill the genre again. Like I really do. Well, I think the genre is um, pretty much dead. But yeah, I I, I think it. Like if you are to if someone were to make this movie, it would be like or like make another erotic thriller it will be an artistic choice like it's like okay like the closest thing i think actually that is a really good erotic thriller that a lot of people don't talk about is aaron katz's gemini uh with zoe kravitz that neon released and i think it was like 2016 and it's like this low key kind of seedy erotic thriller that actually co-stars uh gone girl uh breakout uh lola kirk and has john cho as the police officer that's investigating this crime that takes place between um a famous movie star played by kravitz and her personal assistant. did i see this movie by uh lola kirk i hold on let me I said the poster's great. I'm looking at it right now. Shit, it's too far away. I, I think you told me about it. Hold but on, know, I'm gonna. I, yeah, Eric's grabbing his. He's got to show the the Blu-ray cover of it because he's got them all behind him. Okay. I can. I think I have. I think I have Basic Instinct on VHS that I found. Yeah, Gemini. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric's showing his his Blu-ray cover. I don't think I watched it, but you told me it was ha- somewhat decent. Yeah, and and it is like basically taking the late 80s early 90s erotic thriller mold and kind of shaping it into a modern sort of spin but it's still very much kind of playing within the tapestry of what's to expect cool yeah so that would be one i would recommend then cool i'm gonna do that um i'm gonna let's see if uh aaron uh what's his name aaron katz becomes the new rod father yeah uh or he drinks a Catwoman spinoff aaron katz's uh, Catwoman spinoff yeah with zoe kravitz um (laughs) the the new i'm the lost (laughs) 
As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at the Rod. No, I wonder if someone's got that. Matt Rohrbeck. Well, I always say, like, Jay Cheel used to say it on Film Junk, but he always called uh, Todd McFarlane the Todd Father. So, oh, there you go. So, Todd we'll Father, just, the we'll Rod own Father. own Rod Father. Uh, I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Let's get wet.